This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 161 of the Stacey West podcast. I bet <laughs> Gaz is with me and I did listen to it last week, Gary. How you doing? <laughs> Could you be any more whatever the word is when you put an emphasis on a word <laughs> what's the word it's melodramatic not it's not affliction is it <laughs> affliction that's that's what um gillingham fans have um yes. I, I don't know what it is there is a word for it but i'm all worded out today so i've been teaching or helping to educate year nine pupils as to why writing's good in it and um <laughs> so yeah it's hard do you know what I'd, i've done a lot of talks in front of people I've done a talk at like Lincoln College in front of like a thousand students. I've done it book launches. Always nervous. There's nothing more nerve wracking than doing a talk in front of 12 year nines and their associated four English teachers. Because I'm literally there thinking the kids are going to think I'm boring and the teachers are going to wonder why the hell I'm, I'm even been brought in when I, you know, I, I, I never I complete GCSE English and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Used to used to do that uh, all the time when when teachers couldn't be asked to teach an IT lesson. They basically got the IT uh, technicians in to talk uh, talk to the kids about stuff uh, instead. So um, yeah, I, I'm not seeing any of the Priory Academy English teachers can't be asked to teach the kids, as you so eloquently put it. Then um, no, I mean are, like this this was this was a number of years ago, and I I got on well uh, with the teachers, and they fully admitted that you know they couldn't be asked to teach, so they got us in. So there we go. <laughs> oh, this is this is talk, but they've been busted in from all the academies. There's loads of effort goes into it. It's a fantastic thing that they put on for the kids, mm. and I just think I just I don't freeze. It's like right now I've got a say some things that young people are going to go i like that and then take it away with them and remember in 20 years time and that's why i do it because i still remember my english teacher david slater i still remember my maths teacher mr um i say i remember him yeah (laughs) yeah i remember my maths teacher mr footer he uh, he once hit me around the head with a textbook and called me a twat okay i think we'd get on yeah i was gonna say (laughs) character 
Uh, I believe it was Paul. Uh, I know. A, I think I know a Tony. Uh, okay. Because if, if it was Tony, I'd, I'd obviously you know, reward him. Yeah, I'd, go I'd around and buy another, a bottle of champagne or something. I'd go around and buy him another textbook uh, <laughs> and urge him to bring it to the football. No, that's, that's a fair one. Um, you know, yeah, he's a decent teacher, but uh, yeah, we, we, we had a we had a rapport, shall we say. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, other than that, have you been well apart from the two hours between three and five on Saturday? Uh, yeah, got a bit drunk actually on Saturday after the game. Kind of had to because otherwise I would have hated every second of my night out. But mm. I've discovered a new drinking place in town. You know how at the end of last season I vowed never to go in Weatherspoons again because it's a pit. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't been in Weatherspoons again because it's a pit, but I hadn't really found anywhere comfortable. Uh, to drink and and the last couple of games we've been in Gwyn's and it's fantastic I really like it in Gwyn's really good people good Where's beer that? Uh, it's on Shakespeare Street oh, okay you, you walk on to this kind of it's like a it's a it's a, a private club I think a pool like a pool and snooker club uh, but it opens up for at half twelve on a match day and yeah it's really good and we went in there afterwards um, and the landlord Bob put the pool tables on free vend so I was able to uh, beat Dave and Matt twice each uh, which was lovely and it just made me feel a little bit better about myself until I sobered up in the morning and watched the highlights sorry low lights of uh, Saturday's game yeah I mean I, I was gonna say I, I wanted to prolong it as much as we could but We've we've got to talk about it, haven't we? Um, well, I, we are I, a Lincoln City podcast, so people are not tuning in to listen to me and you talk about other stuff. No, that's very true. Um, I mean, it it wasn't good, was it? It was shit, Ben. Yeah, um, I think everybody everybody came away from that game with no illusions as to you know how good things are. And I know you mentioned it in your piece on the on the site, and obviously, you know, people. Uh, assume that we're going to put a positive spin on everything and all that, but there is nothing positive that I can pull out from from Saturday other than maybe Tom Hopper starting the game. I'm going to pull some positives out because I always try to find the light in the dark and the dark in the light, but um, I'll let you continue if I've so rudely jumped in over you. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, you, you know, I think I said after the game, when you play well, and lose it's difficult but you can usually take something out of it if you play badly and win obviously you can take three points out of it you know if you if you play play badly and get something out of the game but there was just no it there just didn't seem to be any energy there didn't seem to be much in the way of of fight and you know of spirit and it it was just really really flat and i you know i, I said to um, the guys who sit behind me with within 10 minutes of the game starting, I said, if we don't get a goal soon, it's going to start turning sour. And it, it just did. You know, you could sense it starting to to turn a little bit in the stands. You know, the, the, the chanting started to die down, down a little bit. And it just, the atmosphere just fell flatter and flatter until Gillingham scored, at which point you think, oh, okay. Right, well, we're we're here again, are we? And then you know the inevitable happened when the second goal went in. But um, go on, try and try and pull some some glimmers out of that, Gaz. Um, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. So uh, we were actually the better side. 
Uh, which is saying something. And if any, any Gillingham fans are listening to this, I'm, I may, uh, I think, get called arrogant. Cause I think Jake got called arrogant, uh, saying indeed. that Gillingham didn't do well. Uh, XG, we were better. And XG doesn't win your games. And, and I'm not saying that we played well, not at all. 105 to 0.89. So technically, um, a one-all draw might have been fair. We had mm. more shots. 10 compared to their nine, albeit two of ours on target and five of theirs. Uh, we put more crosses into the box, 16, five of them landed. They only put nine in, four of them landed. One of them, obviously the crucial one that went in. We had more touches in the penalty area, 20 compared to their 15. Uh, and we won more offensive duels uh, going forward as well. Surprisingly, I thought that they were much, much better in terms of offensive duels. They only won 33% of them. That doesn't mean aerial duels. That means kind of loose balls that, that go forward. So when I say I'm going to put a positive spin on it, we were utterly abysmal. But I don't think we were utterly abysmal and we were beaten by a decent side. I think it was, I keep using the analogy of a splinter being pushed to the surface. And that was really it. Gillingham were a splinter. And it was just the fact that everything around them on the field was so bad that they came out and got pushed out with with, uh, with three points. Um, actually, in terms of aerial duels, we only won 34%. They won 65 So we were out fought in that respect. Uh, but it, it, it was a horrible game. And I was with you. Oh, I wasn't with you, literally. But I'm with you on what you just said. The first 15 minutes, I expected us to come out all guns blazing because... Uh, I think it was yourself I was with. We had a chat with a member of Lincoln City staff in the fan zone just before the game. Was, was that you? Yep. And he said, we're going with Tom and John and we're going to hit them with everything we've got. And I was like, this sounds like it's going to be fucking mega. Yep. Um, and then, like you know, it was it was like lighting a firework that says massive banger on the side. And you sat there and you're looking at it and you think, I think it might have gone out. And then you wait. That's that's the first 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit of a fizz and a pop. And then you get to half time. And it's like it has gone out. Uh, and then on 80 odd minutes, you go and stand over it and it blows up in your face. Um, and that, that was the goal. Uh, we were the architects of our own downfall. We were woeful at the back. Our passing was inadequate. Any chance that Gillingham had in the first half, in my opinion, was of our making, not their making. Mm. And again, teams don't have to be good to beat us. So I've gone from putting a positive spin on it to telling it pretty much as it is uh, and that is that we were poor we can there was uh, three shots against us all on target in the first half and they were all of our own making and that for me is the story of the, the first half i mean to a point it's the story of, of a chunk of the season i think we've you know there have been so many games this season where I've, I've sat there and said we're beating ourselves today and you know i think to a you know to an extent i think we did the same thing again on saturday you know we, we didn't we didn't create enough to win the game by a long way. And, you know, I, I'm, I think probably if we'd have gone in one all at half time, I don't think anybody would have been, you know, disappointed with, with that scoreline. I mean, I know, you know, obviously we went in, nil, went nil, in so it's uh, nil, nil. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I, I think I'd probably both teams potentially deserved a goal in the first half. Um, I don't think either team deserved a goal in the first half. I think each team could have scored a goal in the first half. Yeah, okay. Neither team actually uh, actually deserved a goal in the whole game. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, it, it just seems to be at the minute that, like you say, teams don't have to be good to beat us. Um, and when you're in that position, 
you look at the games that we've got coming up, you you really do start to get a bit worried. And I think I said to you and Jake earlier in the week that, you know, I've I've been a big proponent of of the term keep the faith because you know I think I we'll, we'll probably come on to a, a discussion shortly, but like there's there's very obviously like a long term strategy at the club, and I I have the belief and I have the faith in in the board and, and the management team to to carry that off long term. But at the moment, it's the short term that worries me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd, looking at so looking at the games that we've got coming up, yes, we've got those two games in hand. But when you consider that one of those games is against Rotherham, who has been who've really been the only team that have have outshone us in a you know in a way that makes me think this team is too good for this division. But didn't beat uh, us. Exactly. You know, they're the only team that have outperformed us in a way that I've thought, oh, yeah, you know, we've played really well, but they've played better. You know, we didn't beat ourselves that day and obviously we didn't lose the game. But um, it's it is just a, a real worry um, for me at the moment. And, um, you know, we'll obviously carry on talking about the, the, the game, but I I don't know what the answer is at the moment. And that's the thing that's incredibly frustrating for me um, I do know what the answer is play better well <laughs> no 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 right because that sounds facetious that sounds like the sort of thing I read when I do a 2000 word dissection of our tactics and our chances that somebody comes along sees the headline and just puts that underneath as if like well your 2000 words can just be summed up in two that's and and that's almost as it comes across but the absolute truth is that all we need to do is, is play better because we have good players in key positions. People keep likening this to the Steve Tilson season, which <clears throat> for me, I can see the parallels forming. But to liken this team to that team is is absolutely wrong because that team was probably four decent players and then a whole bucket load of crap scraped from the bottom of the sea. Mm. this Lincoln City team isn't and it's really really easy really easy to say well <clears throat> Morgan Whitaker's crap or Lewis Fiorini's rubbish or such and such isn't up to it but that's actually not accurate these are decent players and of all of the players that we say are rubbish allegedly rubbish you can pick at least one game where you've come away from it and gone he had a good game mm. Morgan Whitaker, Oxford proved against Oxford he had a good game played well Liam Cullen Cambridge played well. John Marquis, two or three games, played well. There's, the Haki, two or three games, there was there was Bradford, there was uh, MK Dons, I thought he was very good against. Mm. So actually, you know, the, the fundamental problem isn't with the ability of the players. The fundamental problem is that they cannot do what they what we know they can do as a one-off and that even goes for Chris Maguire and he might play well this Saturday because let's face it it's a team he's played against so he's probably going to do some shithousery score a hat-trick everybody will applaud him again and in three weeks time he'll be verbally abusing fans as we come off the field it seems to be something of a, a, a roller coaster so when I say play better that you know, actually it's not a facetious answer it's really not because we've got the we've got decent players, and I know that people will listen to this. There'll be one or two people right now in the car going, "He's shit, he's shit." Gary's talking rubbish. I'm not. We've got good players. They're just not performing, and that actually is almost as much of a tragedy as it is correctable. Because mm. if you're crap with crap players, you can almost forgive it. Like we were going in 2010-11. I remember we played Cheltenham. 
it was on a Saturday, I think, the Saturday of the Easter weekend, and we lost at home one or two nil. I remember coming away just thinking, "Well, we're rubbish." Mm. I came away from Saturday angry because we played rubbish, but I know that we're not rubbish, and we proved that five one we went to win at Cambridge. We weren't rubbish that day, were we? No. So anyway, and, uh, should we talk about the second half? <laughs> if we have to. Um, I mean, it it started poorly. And it got worse. Ah, did it though? It didn't start. Well, actually, no, no. Fair enough. We we had a we had a brief resurgence to the point where we got the first corner of the game, or our first corner of the game in in you know early on in the second half. And I thought, oh, okay. And then we had a brief spell where it it looked like things might be starting to turn. And then Chris McGuire had that pot shot, um, which at the time I I. I kind of tried to convince myself it had gone over the line so I could feel some sort of injustice, but ultimately, you know, it was never over the line. Um, But, and then, yeah, then it just fell apart, didn't it? Excuse me. I mean, the 15 minutes after our time, we had two shots, one on target. Um, We uh, had 76% possession. Yeah, for, for a while, we were... As, as close to being dominant as you can be when you were as woeful as we were. We had seven touches in the penalty area, Gillingham, Gillingham had none. Um, we had 14 defensive duels, we won seven. Uh, offensive duels, they had six and won one. Like they, for me, that was the time when they were to be killed off. We'd come out in the second half and I thought, we need to go for it. And you know, in a, in a rather limp and half-hearted way, we did go for it. You know, like, like you go for it when you talk to a girl at the bar just by kind of looking at her and going, all right, and then turning and walking away. You know, you're not going to get laid, but you have made a, you, you've made a passing effort. You can go away to your mates and say, yeah, lesbian mate, uh, or whatever. <laughs> um, no, you know, you know what I'm saying, don't you? It's kind of this half-hearted, and then we've come away and gone up for the excuses, oh, but they've got nine men behind the ball uh, kind of thing as we came away. And then after, after that, it, it died away. Um, and I just think, I think that was our time. I think that was the moment. And, one goal for us at any point up until Gillingham score, the game's over. Yeah. In my opinion. Because they then either have to come out because we could we could retreat. We wouldn't. I, I genuinely don't think we'd stop doing what we were doing. But we could then have gone right. You know, we brought Max Sanders on, for instance. We could have kind of tried to shut up sharp. I think they would have really struggled. They're not a creative side. And I'd be really, really surprised if Gillingham were in League One next season. Um, surprised and disappointed. Uh, and then... Do you know what? I didn't even think we looked like conceding all second half, and then we conceded. <laughs> I'm just, you know, he's coming, don't you? It's yeah. like you know, you know, it was like laying in bed at seven o'clock in the morning, and your alarm's set for half past, and you know he's going to come. And every so often, you open your eyes, and you, I, I don't know if anyone else does this. I glance at my clock, and it's like ten past. I've got twenty more minutes, and you, my alarm's going to go off. Close your eyes. It's quarter past. You're just waiting for it. And then it goes off and you're like, oh, bloody hell, my alarm. Even though you've been <laughs> expecting it for 30 minutes. And, you know, they score and everyone goes, oh, boo. Oh, come on, you all knew it was going to happen anyway. So here, here's a spoiler. Sheffield Wednesday will score on Saturday. So don't be surprised. Yeah. Um, Crap goal as well. Crap goal to concede. Yeah. No, nobody blocks across. Two defenders are on... Um, Vidane Oliver. The one I would probably blame more than the other would be Joe Walsh 
Joe Walsh is the centre-half, the man that's meant to come in and be aerially dominant at the back. Cohen Bramwell's the other one who we know, you know, he's, he's a good player going forward, but but not not the best defensively. And, and I'm not sure why Josh Griffiths comes out. He thinks he's going to get it and doesn't. Mm. And yeah, just as soon as that goes in, it's just like, oh, here we go again. Another Stacey West goal, end goal for an opposition. And, oh, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Can't wait to mute every Gillingham fan I know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I realised they were already muted. But, there we go. <laughs> but I, I think that's the, the the thing that you mentioned there is uh, with Josh Griffiths. I think he is the one that will be the most disappointed with that goal. Um, and I, I've, I've sort of had this little voice in the back of my head just just getting a bit louder over the past few games. It's like how how was he able to keep that many clean sheets for Cheltenham last season? Better defence. But simple, better defence. They were one of the better teams in their league. They had a better settled defence and he kept clean sheets. That goal was his that goal might have been partially his fault, not hundred percent. If you're portioning blame, he might take thirty or forty and Joe Walsh might take twenty and, and whoever's meant to be blocking the cross might take twenty and so partially there's very, mm. very few goals that we've conceded this season that you would go that is one hundred percent Josh Griffiths' fault, if any. No, that's true. That's true. Not criticise. I'm criticising in that moment. I'm not criticising the goalkeeper. I still think he's a good, very, very good goalkeeper. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of, it, it was that. Like I said, it, it was just that little thought of going, oh well, is is there something more that the keeper could be doing? And then you look at, like I said, you look at a lot of the goals and a lot of them potentially not. I mean, uh, you know, I think for me the the one that really, really springs to mind where he had absolutely no chance whatsoever was probably the Plymouth goal. Um, where you know they, they sort of put that really good move together and, and just fired it across him, and there was no chance he was getting to that. But there's been plenty where there's been no chance he's getting to it, and yeah. he's pulled off some good saves that have kept us in games. Absolutely, and I think that's the other thing. You know that that it's um, it, it, there have been some absolute worldies where he's he's got to his feet very quickly um, straight after saving it. So yeah, just just a disappointing disappointing second half and I mean the, the second goal I think we could probably argue to the cows come home about who needs to close down where but I mean ultimately it's pointless isn't it because it it, mm. it it happened and it was just awful awful yeah. to watch and I don't really know what happened after that because I got up and left yep I did too um, I did too and I make no no excuse whatsoever people say oh, I don't know how you can leave early from a game I don't know how you can leave early and like everybody, I pay my money. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to stand there in the aisle, blocking everybody, applauding a team that have that have been poor? And I said it was the worst Lincoln City performance I'd seen since the the National League days. I think losing four one at home to Crew um, was was probably just as bad. Um, but they're the two that stand out, and I, I'm not applauding that. I'm mm. not. Because and and people moan and they say, oh, the players didn't come over and applaud. Oh, I want to see some humility in the players. I want to see them applaud the fans for turning up. But what's going to happen if three or four of the players come over and start applauding the crowd? They're going to get abused, verbally abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then one or two of the characters that we have in the team, one in particular, he's, he's going to bite back. And you know, it, it takes me back to one of the very first blogs I wrote was about Chris Moises because. He had gone to applaud the fans for travelling to Wrexham when we got beat and he got abused for it. And when he fought back, there were people were having a pop at him on social media. And 
you know, tensions run high. And if you've just had an argument with your missus, there's lots of analogies tonight, isn't there? This is the analogy episode. But if you've just had a big argument with your missus, you don't then kind of go up to each other and go, pat you on the back, go, yeah, sex was good last night, I want it, and then walk away. It doesn't happen, does it? You let things settle, you let things calm down, you go off to the pub, she goes off to, I don't know, do whatever she does. In Fee's case, goes and watch that dick and angel doing their castle in France. And then a little bit later, you all come back together and go, well, we were all a little bit knobby, weren't we? Let's uh, let's start again. And for me, you know, that's why I left early. Also, uh, I'd been drinking before and then I wanted another pint. So There oh, we go. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the thing is, I, you know, I, I'm all all in favour of people who... You know, if they if they want to leave early, fair enough. You know, I did on I did on Saturday. It's it's the it's the first time in a while that I've done it. And I sort of thought about it and thought, well, actually, no, we we left. I think the FA Cup game. I think we left a little bit early as well because um, I was just fed up at that point. But I've left early virtually every game this season, unless there's something to play for in the last couple of minutes. Mm. Uh, usually, it's. I hear the final whistle being blown as I'm walking down the steps, but I'm out of my seat usually um, before the final whistle goes just to get out because it's such a nightmare to get out of our stand. If you don't go, it can take you five, ten minutes just to get out. Yeah. Because people annoyingly still stand at the front and applaud at the barriers. It's like, and I, I can't get, I, I mentioned it three or four times on the supports board. I can't get people to see that it's, it's pain in the ass. They do it at half time. You go for, try and get out at half time and everyone stood up, stand either in your seat or go to an area where you and don't just stand in my way. And it's more annoying when you've lost two nil to probably the second shittest team in the division. Mm-hmm. Everything's cyclical on the Stacey West podcast, isn't it? That was one of the first rants that we ever had. In, in one of the first episodes was about the, uh, the, the the queuing to get out of the ground. Okay. But, How things uh, have changed. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, no, it, no, to, to kind of tie the game up, it, it was just, it was just disappointing. It was just disappointing. And like you now, I'm worried because, in actual fact, that's the first really bad performance. Yeah, I look back at games that we've had. Bolton thought we were decent and should have got some. Donny should have won it. Wickham, good performance. Morecambe, bad in the second half, but very good in the first half. MK Don's away, did enough to win it. Burton, 50-50, won at Plymouth. Cambridge, better sides. Do you know what I mean? And we're, we're there, we're back to January. Sunderland won, Oxford won. MK Don's Boxing Day, deserved something. Cheltenham, deserved something and got it from Cheltenham. So probably you'd have to go back to the 7th of December when we lost 2-0 to crew to, to a performance where you look at it and go, actually, we haven't played well there. Now, playing well and not getting results is one thing. It's not good enough, but you know that you've got something to hang your hat on. We're playing well, we might get a result in the next game. Playing badly and not getting results is another thing. Now, we've done it once, but it's still the same outcome, not getting a result. And after the one-all draw against Wickham, you looked at Donny Bolton and Gillingham and thought, six points from those. If we'd taken six points from those now, we wouldn't be worried about relegation. Mm. But instead, we've taken nothing, and performances have got progressively worse, and I think that's the worry. I think that's that's my concern. And that's why Saturday is such a big game. Yeah. You know, I did a Sheffield Wednesday podcast this week. And uh, he, he kind of said to me, you know, oh, is it, what sort of game is it for you? Massive. 
absolutely massive because if we go to that game against a team who are above us who play nice football the sort of team that we expect nowadays that we get results against Oxford, Plymouth, Sunderland mm. if we go into that game and we're bad and we don't get anything it's like well where the hell's our next points coming from and we won't be bottom come five o'clock um, but I tell you something lose that and other teams win around us and I'm going to start needing to wear me pampers at the ground <laughs> yeah um, and I think that's the thing is, you know, you mentioned about going back to, to January. I think I think I actually used it in the title of one of the, the podcasts was that, you know, we had a season reset in January and it it, it genuinely felt like that. You know, it, it felt when you look at the, the result of the Plymouth game, you know, we'd, we'd won two out of the last or three out of the last four at that point in January. And you just think, OK, things are... Are, they seem like they're turning around now and I, I don't know what's changed I don't know what's happened I don't know what goes on behind closed doors at the club but something's something's clearly not been right and you know we've been accused of making excuses before um, for, for performances and for you know for the decisions that the manager makes or, or anything like that but when you consider that we're now we've got what two long-term injuries now so we've got Lewis Monsmer and Liam Bridcut um but pretty much everybody else is uh, or was available you know Adam Jackson potentially aside on Saturday um you can't use injuries as a reason so so what what was it and that that was the the thing that started to you know really creep into my head and, and put you know some doubts and a bit of the fear in me as well on uh, on Saturday coming away from it so Hmm. Yeah. Difficult, difficult situation, difficult times at the moment. Um, and if I can point people to, you know, to it, if they haven't listened already on the podcast feed and on uh, YouTube was Gaz's dog walk on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, you know, if I can potentially blow a little bit of smoke here, Gary, I thought, I think it was a, a very, measured response to the weekend and i think it was a bit of the voice of reason that i know i needed to hear given what had gone on on saturday um so if you haven't listened to that yet go and listen to it and uh hopefully it'll just just you know pour a little bit of water on the the flames um and hopefully you know put you in a bit of a, a better stead for saturday i don't really remember that it was where you said that changing michael out wasn't the answer oh yeah it's not the answer but despite all the nice stuff, you're still not coming on. <laughs> you need a dog first. <laughs> but no, you know, it, it 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 genuinely was. And, you know, I, I think I said as much to you privately afterwards. It was just sort of, I, I felt absolutely shite on Sunday with a result of that. And I just thought, you know what, I don't see how we're going to get points. I don't see where we're going to, you know, where anything's going to come from. Um, and some of the stuff coming away from the game on Saturday, it, well, some of the stuff I was hearing was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, people vocally, I want him out my club. Um, you know, I want him and I want him to take that prick Whitaker with him and stuff like that. And I think I need to bring this up. And I think you've said it as well. Booing Morgan Whitaker as he comes onto the field is indefensible. It is absolutely indefensible like i i don't i don't boo people you know i don't boo players at the end of the game i don't boo my own team but i appreciate you know i understand why people do it 
but that's at the end of the game after a bad performance. Like you, you don't do it to somebody that's what a young kid that's trying to better himself coming onto the field to help your team. Like, yes, he had a bad game on Tuesday. Yes. He was more than partially responsible for that third goal, but Jesus Christ, booing him onto the field. Awful. Can you back me up on that one, guys? Yeah, I agree. I said it. I don't think you should put a player onto the field. I, I, I wasn't sure I'd heard it. So I think it was a very, very small pocket of supporters. Um, I I commented on it on my blog because I'd seen you had put it on your social media. And um, from where I was, it was, I can't remember who had gone off. Um, but it was, you know, it wasn't Hopper, wasn't massively. It? Was it Hopper? Yeah. Um, I, I just, it's just got to a point where I tried to put this game out of my mind and then I realised, oh, God, I've got to do the podcast and talk about it again. So, but you shouldn't be players on on the field. Do you know what? I actually I don't think Morgan Whitaker was that bad when he came on comparatively with everybody else. No. The thing is, one, really. of the, one of the people that was booing sits directly in front of me and when Whitaker spooned his chance, he just turned around with a big smug grin on his face and he went, see... Whitaker, I was like, cool. Didn't mention it when uh, when we spurned the chances in the first half, or anybody else that's missed the chance, have we? You know, so you're not saying that. with the person directly in front of you. Not directly in front, but no. <laughs> but you know, I just thought, I'd, what? Why is it that we we have to have that one scapegoat on oh, yeah. the field? Always have to have scapegoats. Just yeah, it did my head in. But anyway, let's move on before I get way too upset and angry about this whole situation. So uh, season ticket renewals after talking about how shit it is. Season ticket renewals are up. And uh, I think uh, the other thing that we're going to talk about shortly is the fans forum. Uh, we can touch on it briefly, but one of the questions asked there was, you know, do we think fans are going to, stick by and renew the season tickets and Liam basically said I hope so you know they've I think we've shown enough off the field and you know in terms of the long-term planning to to hopefully make people understand that uh, you know that it, it's more than just a season and we'll have you know there will be bad seasons and this is clearly not a, a good season so hopefully people will stick by it and I know it's a daft question but I know you, you're renewing yours. I know I'm renewing mine. I know Rachel's renewing hers. And, you know, if people don't want to do it, fair enough. I mean, what's, you know, what's the, the general consensus that you're hearing, Gaz? I haven't really spoken to that many people about it. I mean, Matt, who's been sitting next to me, yeah, renewing. I, I, I kind of get it if you can't afford to renew. I kind of get not renewing. I just think if you're a supporter who's saying it's not good enough, I'm not going to renew. I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. Certainly not when some of the same supporters were calling newer fans plastic four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to pass. I don't want to start passing judgment on other supporters. Everybody has the way that they support the club. Everybody's been watching for however long they have. Everybody's different. I just, you know, I'd, I personally, if I wasn't going to renew, it would be down really to circumstances for me because I'm a Lincoln City fan. And yeah, if we were relegated to League Two, I'd go and watch them. If we were in the National League, I'd go and watch them because I've always watched Lincoln. It's what I do. 
Um, I haven't always had a season ticket because I haven't always needed one. But since I've needed one, since I've been living here and not been poacher, I've always had one. I just, I don't know. I just, I think there's too, some people are too ready to voice displeasure and it comes across, possibly it isn't, but sometimes it comes across almost as as, as gleeful. Mm-hmm. You know, like as if supporting a football club like is a Roman Catholic thing, like, you know, where you should be paying a penance for everything, as if you know, going to Sinselwang shouldn't be enjoyable or or because they've once said the bubble will burst and now we're having a tough time, they were right and everybody was wrong. And um, I just, I, I personally think performances... Uh, haven't been bad I think saying that I'm not going to renew because the team aren't doing well says more about the person than the team Mm -hmm. but I don't want to call out other supporters because everybody's different I'm not saying if you're saying that you're a knob Um, not saying that at all it's personal preference and the amount of money that you spend on a season ticket is a lot and you know maybe if I was a family uh, with you know, mum, dad, a couple of kids, and I can understand that you're taking the kids, you're losing. It's not a good afternoon. I can get that, but yeah, I think many of the faces that we've been seeing for the last 10, 15, 20 years, we will still see next season with season ticket holders. And you know, there's naturally going to be some contraction if we're not doing well. But look at it this way: if the worst happens and we actually do go down, technically we'll be one of the favourites to come straight back up, and it could be a hell of a season. So it could be well worth renewing. And at the price it's being offered now, I can see what they're doing. They're offering a price now, and I think then there'll be a price structure in place based on which division we're in when the next renewal window comes around. Mm. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Stay up. We play the likes of Derby and you know all the big clubs in this division. It's a bargain. Go down. We're, we would likely to be one of the challengers. You would hope to come straight back up. Bargain again. Mm. Yeah, I can't disagree. Um, but I haven't renewed yet because I've got to no. wait until March payday. Yeah, I, I, you know I think we've 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 put ours through. So it's you know just just so that Andy Pearson knows. You know I don't want to tweet him because I know he gets annoyed at that. Did I also want to message Lego and just let them know that one of their primary sources of income might be on hiatus for a month? <laughs> yeah, I've I've got that all saved up for, for a couple of sets in the next couple of months. So that's all good. It's all good. That, that noise in the background is me dropping the blind in my room. By the way, in case anyone knew. Oh, you could have passed that off as Charlie, and no one would have cared. Yeah, no one cares anyway. That's the problem. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, obviously mentioned there that we we did have the fans forum last week. There were um, uh, no shying away from questions. I think, if I'm brutally honest, I think the the shying away was potentially done from those most vocal on social media about things. Because, you know, if you really wanted to have an answer to the burning question of why hasn't the arrogant mank gone yet, um, you probably would have been able to put that directly to him. And you know, didn't really give that opportunity uh, credence. So, um, yeah, no, good. I watched it and there was some decent answers. I think um, the the season ticket one from Liam, as I said, was a a fair assessment of where we are. You know, he said that there's obviously over the past five years and it's been a a better, um, uh, you know, it's been on a, a better trajectory and this past year hasn't been so great, but don't write the club off based on one year. Um, some good answers from Jez as well. I think there was, uh, I think he, he revealed that uh, we tried to sign uh, Randall Williams, I think it was. 
Yeah, it was the exit of Boyle. Yeah, um, and that's how the Charlie Kendall ga- uh, deal came about. Um, so, you know, again, another really good insight into things there. Um, but for me, I think the most interesting moment um, is one that you wanted to mention as well, isn't it? Yeah, let's say I wanted to mention it. I didn't watch the fans forum uh, at all. I got off the back of the because we only had one not long back, didn't we? Where the guy was saying, "Why did we give Bowers and Pitsy money?" And yeah. I couldn't put myself. I, I watched a bit of that, and I remember coming away from that thinking, "Never again." And then within a week, it's that another fans forum. Oh my lord, really? Uh, and so I, I had no interest uh, whatsoever, if, I, if I'm entirely honest. <laughs> Uh, and I should do for what I do. I know I should do. I really should. I, uh, my bad. But I, I lost interest with fans forums uh, a, a long, long time ago. Um, uh, I, I think at times there are times if you haven't been getting answers, then fair enough. But there's not very many questions that go unanswered from the football club. And also having been on, you know, I knew about Randall Williams because we went. I went to Jess George kind of evenings. So do you know what I mean? Like the, some of the little tidbits that come out as well, they come out, but they're, they're ones that can come out. In, public knowledge anyway uh, but yeah, I, I was told and relay secondhand information that, uh, that Michael was asked why he didn't mix it up and go long and he basically said um, that you know I'd rather lose my job than my principles so um, and they got a, a round of applause I understand as well there mm. are a lot of people that won't like to hear that there are some people that will say a decent football manager should change his principles Darren Moore at Sheffield Wednesday who we're up against this weekend was playing what they refer to what football Twitter refers to I believe as ticker tacker which I think means you know little pass and move pass and move pass and move it wasn't working so he's gone a little bit longer and it works nicely for him and people will probably say we should do that. It's easy to say that Sheffield Wednesday will always attract loan players. Lincoln City are not as attractive at the moment as an entity. So you've got to have something else to sell as well. Um, if you're praising Brook Norton Cuffey, that's a great player. Yeah? We wouldn't have signed Brook Norton Cuffey if we played long ball. Uh, so simple as that. But yeah, I, I kind of like that. Look, Michael's a man of his principles. He sticks to it. He will live and die by that as Lincoln City manager. And, mm. and that's, you know, that, that that's what he does. It draws an awful lot of criticism. If we go down, people say he should have changed it up. He, he might pay for it with his job. He might not. I, I, I personally, I think if we go down, would stick with him. But um, I kind of I respect a man who has a principle and sticks by it. I don't think it smacks of arrogance because he does mix it up, proved it against Wickham, proved it against Sunderland. He does have a plan B, he can adapt to another team, uh, another team's strengths. But he won't just go brute strength, get it forward, all that sort of stuff. And uh, I respect that as a person, uh, mm. as a as a, as, you know, as a trait in a person generally. But how how that turns out for him, you know, we'll see, won't we? Yeah, I mean, I think the the telling thing was, you know, he was talking about he, he obviously knows that football is a results based business, and you know, if I keep getting bad results, then I lose my job. And you know, if I lose my job, I'd rather do it. I'd rather lose my job sticking to my principles than than abandon that and um, give in to you know what everybody else wants. So I think the 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 longer answer kind of like you said there uh, hinted at the fact that you know we've we've attracted Brooke Norton Cuffey to the club because we play this style of football. We've attracted Morgan Rogers, you know, last season and Brennan Johnson to the club because we play that style of football. And I think. It's very easy to get angry and wound up in the in the short term and in the moment 
whereas when you look at everything in general, like you know, the club's not necessarily league position aside in the you know in the grand scheme of things, the club's not in a bad position. Like it's it's in a better position than it was two or three years ago, and from that point, it was in a better position than it was two or three years before that. So. I think the thing is there's still progress, but at the moment, you know, there's nobody that's under any assumptions that the situation on the field at the moment is anything less than incredibly frustrating. But it's probably a decent time to to move on from that. Do we want to talk about lone players or do we want to go into to Wednesday? Yeah, we I'm talk aware. About we talk talk about lone players at a later date. We're, I was going to say I'm aware we've we've gone a little bit long. Yeah, we have because we've got a new feature where we clip up Jake and stick him on every week, haven't we? Indeed. So here is uh, here is Jake. Jake is with a couple of folks from the uh, Sheffield Wednesday Armed Forces Supporters Club. We came to Wednesday in October. I was severely impressed with your the numbers that you were there, the atmosphere. It was a really good day out from an away point point of view. Um, talking about that game, one one, you guys went ahead sort of just after this after the, into the um, second half, and then we sort of pulled it back. Um, what were your thoughts on that game? Um, it's a long time of, ago, I know. Yeah, it was a very long time ago. From a footballing point of view, it was a, it was a decent game. It was a it was a very bitter game in midfield, from what I remember. Mm. Um, you do again completely from memory recollection, like you say, it was a while ago. But I have a distinct memory of Chris Maguire's shithousery tactics when he played oh. at Wednesday. And I absolutely love the bloke. So to be able to see him playing at Hillsborough again was was great. Um, even then, playing for you against us, he still tried to display a little bit of it. And as much as it was against us, I love it. Um, but yeah, it was a, it, it was a bit of a bitty game. Um, I'm expecting quite similar at your place um, from the other sort of results that I've seen you've been able to drag out. Um, you do seem to be able to wear teams down by just butchering them about and we can't cope with teams like that. Um, Crew tried to do that to us and we were the better team on the day, but were it not for the fact that Gregory played really well that game, it could have been a whole different story. Um, if you tried to play like you did then against us away from home, I'm not too sure that I'm that confident. Yeah, just be grateful that you went on the um, Chris Maguire show when we played against Sunderland. I'm sure you would have seen the, uh, the clip I going did, around. I, I loved it. Yeah, really, really top guy, really good footballer. Um, Are you surprised to see Lincoln in a relegation battle? Because obviously we got playoff final last year. You might have seen it on the telly. Um, Probably our worst performance of the season, stereotypically. Um, (laughs) Are you surprised to see Lincoln sort of kicking, like treading water in a way, the fact that we're down there? We don't think we're going to go down. It's a distinct possibility at this point in time. Are you shocked to see where we are? Um, first of all, I don't think you'll go down. There are far worse teams in this league than Lincoln. Mm. Um, I, 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 from a neutral perspective, I don't think there's any possibility that you go down. Um, I'm very surprised to see you down there, as you say, from how well you played last season to what's happened this season. I mean, I don't know if you've had any major ingoings or outgoings mm. or managerial changes. I, I, I'm not aware. Mm. Um, but it is, it is unnerving to see how quickly things can change for a club from going playoffs all the way down to where you are. Because I, I, I'm correct in saying Oxford were playoffs last year mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't struggled in the same vein. And I don't understand how that has happened so quickly for you. I don't want yeah. to see you. 
So yeah, I think that's the the, the million pound question that that Lincoln as a club are trying to answer. Um, we'll move on to Saturday then. Um, really big crowd expected, expecting a sellout at this moment in time. Four thousand Wednesday fans thought to be travelling to the city. Now I would would be a bit rude to dismiss the fact what happened sort of earlier on in the season with South Yorkshire Police. It all sort of kicked off a little bit um, in terms of supporters at the train station. What are you sort of expecting in terms of getting to Lincoln and the whole thing? Because obviously four thousand people, there's half of them aren't going to have tickets, so it might be a bit of a problem for the for the police. And then and then eventually just move on to the pitch and what you're expecting from the game as well. Um, uh, unconfirmed rumours is a considerable Wednesday following in the home end, which will be interesting. Um, I think that there's been five consecutive away days now where away fans following Wednesday have been kicked out of the home end towards the end of the game. Um, I know for a fact it happened at Burton and Donny. Um, the majority of the time, we, we tend to have well-behaved fans, so I can't really comment on what happened at the train station. I wasn't there. Um, but I, I think it's reasonable to point out that every club has their group of mm. undesirables that don't go for the football, that go for trouble. And I, I've never been one to be involved in that Um People do what they want. I'm not going to judge anyone, but I don't see the point in it myself. Um, I'm hoping for a really good day, you know, I, not to blow smoke up anyone's backsides, but I think Lincoln is one of my favourite cities to go drinking in. Mm. Um, I tend to find that the people there are really friendly. Being in the armed forces, I've got a lot of friends in that area who go to the city all the time. I see. I'm personally really looking forward to it. I hope that, you know, any potential trouble doesn't take away any light from a really good day. So... And, and on the pitch, if I could push you for a score prediction, what, what would you go for? Obviously, I, I told you before we came on that we have the worst home record in the division. You must be thinking that this is another three points to bolster your grip on the playoffs. Um, head and heart are saying two very different things. Um, heart saying, yeah, massively, Wednesday should be winning this. I'm, I'm thinking 3-0. Um we're hopefully going to receive a return of Lee Gregory on Saturday for the first time in a long time. Um, it's taken him just over a month to recover from a broken toe. Um, so he should be back at least on the bench, which will be a big, big, big boost for us because even though we've been scoring a lot of goals recently, not many of them have been coming from the front two. They've been coming from midfield and elsewhere. Um, so it'd be good to see him back. However, my head is saying, remember Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Oxfam FC, and we like to give results to teams that are on bad runs. Um, it's happened all too often for us. The amount of times our journalists, Alex Miller and Dom Housen, have posted yeah. on Twitter our previous records against these teams, and then we've lost 1-0. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Hart says 3-0 Wednesday, Head says 1-0 Lincoln. <laughs> now, this is normally where we would end the video, Adam, but you're a very special guest in the fact that you work with the Sheffield Wednesday Football Club Armed Forces, um, obviously you mentioned there your ex-armed forces just tell um, our listeners a little bit about the work that you guys do uh, and what you're trying to achieve um, around the football etc uh, well I'm actually current armed force I'm still serving myself I'm in the air force um, I've been in for just under seven years now as an aircraft engineer um, so our, our goal with the armed forces supporters group as with our twitter bio is to generate and create a link between uh, the armed forces, our local community and the football club um, to provide a support network for serving members of the armed forces and veterans. Um, 
to always give somewhere and someone to talk to. Um, transitioning from the military to Civvy Street is an arduous task that can become quite stressful for certain people. Um, some people breeze through it and more power to them. Fantastic. We want to see more of that. Um, but I've got quite a few friends who have left the armed forces who are now really struggling to cope, be that financially because they're waiting for a new job or socially. You know, the camaraderie and the, the banter that you can experience in the military is very different to Civvy Street. Um, so our aim is to be able to give that outlet for people who have left to be able to be involved once again in that sort of military banter sort of stuff, whilst also maintaining a professional side and being involved in charity and community outreach projects that the club will organise with us. Um, we're already in discussion with the, cha the charitable arm of the club um, in talks of potentially organising some future events, um, trying to get the tri-services stand put up at Owls in the Park in the summer to be able to get more armed forces involved and try and get some uh, recruitment done. Um, we recently signed the Armed Forces Covenant, which was no thanks to us. That's the club that's taken that impetus. Mm. We've just happened to come along at the right time, which is fantastic. Um, and hopefully we can jump on that momentum and do some good for the community. Yeah, some really good work there, Adam, that you're doing now. I'm sure many people respect uh, and are massively appreciative of what you do. So there we go. That is a brief snippet of the preview that will be up on the Stacey Rest YouTube channel um, from Jake and a couple of the guys from Sheffield Wednesday. Thank you to the guys involved with that. And um, that's the Sheffield Wednesday side of it. How do we see it going from a Lincoln City side, Gaz? Smooth that. Because obviously I haven't heard the clip, so I have no idea what's just been said. Uh, so I could be making myself look like a proper plonker here. Um, <laughs> tough, tough game. Really, really tough game. Um, and when you look at the fixture list, it ain't going to get any easier. You know, we've got teams that are in form coming up. We've got teams that are, are big, big clubs coming up. Um, really, really difficult. What I will say, it'll be a phenomenal atmosphere. Um, 2,000 Wednesday fans in the stadium. 4,000 in the city. Not sure what the 2,000 who can't get into the game are going to do. It could be colourful uh, in and around town. But these are the games that, you know, all, all kind of context aside... These are the games that you want to be involved in as a as a fan. These are the games you want to go to, and every seat's taken, and there's an atmosphere. And um, but it doesn't change the size of our task. I mean, I've had a look down to Chef Wednesday and uh, Chef Wednesday's form at the moment. They bettered their opponents in terms of XG from a, every game from the 22nd of January. Uh, they restricted Burton to 0.47, Charlton to 0.16, Donny to 0.85, Rotherham to 0.88, Wigan to 0.51. Yeah, it's better than everybody they play. Um, mm. Frankly, they've they've won, what, six on the spin in the league? Maybe even more. I don't know. Let me scroll down. Seven, eight. <laughs> Just, do you know what I mean? They, 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 they win games. They haven't. They lost to Rotherham, to be fair, 2-0. But that was so unlucky. I mean, they had 14 shots, six on target. Rotherham had six, two on target, and they lost Chef Wednesday. So mm. they're in great, great form. Great, great form. They, they only had marginally better XG against Donny than we did. But guess what? They scored all their goals. Um, yeah. Burton, they scored five. Their XG was 2.59. So arguably maybe 3-0 three, three would have been a fairer result 5-2 the only positive I would say is you see that Bird have scored against them Donny have scored against them potentially potentially they're going to come set up 3-4-1-2 it's very attacking 3-4-1-2 
if we can exploit the flanks, and I'm talking about proper wingers, I'm not talking about Brook Norton Coffee with nobody ahead of him, I'm not talking about a mishmash of Maguire and Bishop wandering around in the middle of the park, not really affecting play. Talking about a set formation where we've got Scully and Bramwell on one flank, where we've got Norton Coffey and whoever we want to play on the right, and shoot me down if you want, I'd say Morgan Whitaker. And, and we get some proper play going between those players, then there's a chance that we'll score. We know we'll concede, it's a given. You'd be a fool to bet on anything other than Sheffield Wednesday scoring at least once. So it could be a game full of goals. I fear the worst, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that's slightly tainted. You you know, like you know, when you clean your teeth and then you have a glass of orange afterwards, and the orange is tainted by (laughs) the fact you've cleaned your teeth. Well, cleaning your teeth is like Gillingham and and Sheffield Wednesday are the glass of orange or approaching the game. So at the minute, I think it's going to go badly purely because of what's gone before not so much as um, looking at the likes of Bolton or Plymouth or Oxford or Sunderland but if you look at teams above us teams that want to play football teams that want to get it on the ground it's a perfect game for us a draw would be ideal because at least if we draw and everybody around us wins we're still two points above the relegation zone Um, so we'll see but I'm not back in a Lincoln win unfortunately no I think I'm I'm in the same boat Um, I think the big thing for me was Looking at uh, looking at the League One Twitter account on you know Tuesday night and slowly seeing more and more goals coming in and you know five two win at Burton I just thought oh sorry at home to Burton I just thought Jesus we're in for a pasting on Saturday and I think you know there's, there's no doubt about it if we get the same same team that or the same performance that happened. On Saturday, it's it's going to be a, a walk in the park for Sheffield Wednesday. But I severely hope that there is a big, big reaction from certain players um, after that. Because, again, we've seen what people are capable of. We, we've seen, you know, we've seen what Morgan Whitaker can, can what, sorry, we, we've seen what Morgan Whitaker can do. Um, we've seen what John Marquis can do. We've seen what um, Chris Maguire can do. It's just needed in a big game, you know, with a big performance. I just hope we can do something on Saturday and and not come away completely having embarrassed ourselves. I just I look at the other results as well because at the end of the day, if we lose, and we need four teams below us to lose as well, at least. Do you know what I mean? You can't be lo- if you lose games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so and you've got Wimbledon at Wigan, tough game for them. Morecambe at Plymouth, tough game for them. Gillingham are at home to Bolton, fancy them in a, as a point for that. Wickham away at Crewe, you'd expect Wickham to win that. They've got Cheltenham, Donny. Well, Cheltenham are still fighting a little bit. And then the big one really is Cambridge, Shrewsbury. And I think a Cambridge win there, potentially. And I, I think the relegation battle, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I thought Donny, Gillingham and Crewe were gone. Um, you know, Donny and Gillingham are putting a bit of a turn things around and put in a bit of a run together. I still think that they're the three favourites to go down. But then 100%. it's one then it's one from Wimbledon, Morecambe, Fleetwood, Shrewsbury, uh, in my opinion, and us, obviously. Uh, Fleetwood are home to Ipswich. So none of the none of, nobody's playing each other. And that although that's seems like a bad thing actually is a good thing because you know that if Fleetwood are playing Shrewsbury, somebody's gonna get points. Do you know what I mean? Whereas at least if everybody's not playing each other, there's a likelihood that everyone will drop points. They won't, but it's it's a Saturday where I tell you something, if we could get a result, it could be a big, big result for us. And when you look at some of the teams we've got to come and play very soon, Ipswich, Sunderland and Rotherham, 
I mean, to be honest, <laughs> you look at Ipswich, Sunderland, Rotherham, Ipswich beat us at our place, shouldn't have done. Rotherham drew with us at our place. We've already beaten Sunderland. We didn't lose to Sheffield Wednesday at their place. We've got Wigan still to play. We've already beaten them. I mean, we, we are better against better teams. I just hope that last Saturday was a blip and we actually turn up and we actually are better against the better team on Saturday because it'd just be nice just once. And I know it won't just be once because we won the other week, but it'd just be nice to leave Sinsel Bank and just not have that desperate feeling of misery as I was walking down the Sinsel drain. I really, I, I, I would just love that. Because as Gav says, he sits behind me. I'm just getting sick of watching Lincoln lose at home. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, it's um, it it. Yeah, I, I don't think I can put it any better than that. I, it's just getting so so annoying. Um, yeah, you're right. You didn't put any better than that. You should have just left it. Yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. That is, you know, a look at look at the heads of the weekend. Um, I'm very much in the same boat. I'm not not expecting anything, but anything that's uh, anything that we can take, I'll you know grab it with both hands. Um, so, is there anything else that we need to talk about before we disappear? Yeah, do you know what? Today is a momentous occasion. Go on. It's the first day that my missus has remembered what actual day we do the podcast on in about a year and a half. Wow. Because normally she'll always ring and I'll go, I'm recording a podcast. And she'll go, you do it on a Wednesday. No, I don't. Or on a Wednesday, <laughs> I'll get to half six. This is if she's not here. If she's here, she realises. So it's a little bit unfair on her because you know, it's only every so often she's away. Or she'll ring me on a Wednesday on the way home. It's half six. I'll say, why didn't you ring earlier? She goes, but you do the podcast on a Wednesday. No. No, I don't do it on a Wednesday. <laughs> We've not done the podcast on a Wednesday for about 18 months. No, but then the other like, three weeks ago, we did change it to record on the Wednesday and she just couldn't get her head around it. It just blew her mind. She's like, but you never do it on a Wednesday. And I'm thinking, <laughs> but you always think we do it on a Wednesday. You've got, I, I, don't. Anyway, so yeah, momentous occasion. <laughs> well done, Faye. Yeah. I'm sure she'll listen. She won't listen. No, okay. she doesn't listen. She couldn't care less. <laughs> you don't even listen. So why would I, don't, I, I don't listen I, either. I was there when it happened. There's no, yeah. need, for me, there's no need for me to listen back to this. My you own voice sounds. In, yeah, my own voice sounds incredibly camp. Hmm. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, that is probably a good spot to end. Um, well, as I think always, the spot to end was ten minutes ago. But, but yeah, but you know, like to like to drag it out. People yeah. want an hour from us, Gaz. <laughs> we found I'm glad we're not talking about fee again because that's well <laughs> outside my remit. That is. Well, um, unless I'm commentating so, before and and after. <laughs> so that'll do. Um, as always, you know, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a mate, get them to subscribe, get yourself subscribed if you haven't, and um, do all the social stuff like the Twitter and the, the Facebook and. Uh, you're not on Instagram, are you guys? You sound like somebody's grandma to the Facebook. I am on Instagram, actually, yeah. You are on Instagram. Don't you follow me? No, because oh, I don't do Instagram. Me. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, I do do Instagram. I don't I put more of an old man football. than gas. No, I don't. Well, maybe. Yeah, I don't put any football stuff on Instagram. It's basically dog pictures. Okay. Fair enough. So... Uh, yeah, if you want dog pictures, go follow girls on Instagram. Well, not not general dog pictures, just pictures of my dog. Well, obviously, I'm not a dog perv. <laughs> Although I did, I did, I did, I did, I did inadvertently touch Charlie's knob the other day. It made me feel <laughs> a bit disgusting. 
that is definitely a good spot to end the podcast uh, so we will see you guys next week up the imps up the imps the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.